There is something about fatherhood that is all about launching children toward new horizons, sending them into their ever-expanding world of new adventures, nudging them into the chaotic, exciting, unpredictable, wondrous, and sacred experience of life. And then just being there, when the arc of life, the arc of circumstances, the arc of success or disappointment or joy brings them around again, and they just need someone to be there. From Chicago, it's the Old St. Pat's Podcast Sunday Series, a show that highlights weekly reflections from Old St. Patrick's Church. This past Sunday was Father's Day, so today, enjoy a heartwarming reflection by Bob Kolatorowicz about the holy work of fathers, father figures, and God the Father in our lives, the church, and the world. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, if we haven't had a chance to meet, my name's Bob Kolatorowicz, and I'm lucky enough to be on the staff here at Old St. Pat's. Uh, last month, my friends from our Old St. Pat's liturgy team asked me to share some thoughts with you on Father's Day. That kind of invitation is truly an honor, it really is. And yet, at the same time, it's both humbling and intimidating. So many great fathers out there, so many great preachers right here at Old St. Pat's. I knew I needed to roll up my sleeves and get to work preparing my remarks for today. But first, I took a nap. <laughs> it's a dad thing, or I don't know, maybe it's just a me thing. Anyway, after my nap, I wanted to take a quick look to see what the gospel for this Sunday would be. I was hoping to find some inspiration, maybe a starting point. But I was a little concerned, too, because, you know, the scriptures for Sunday liturgies follow the rhythms of the liturgical year and don't usually connect up with secular observances like Father's Day. So I was worried that today's gospel would be a really challenging passage, something difficult to relate to, something that wouldn't seem right for Father's Day. But as it turns out, the gospel we just heard proclaimed, the gospel for the 12th Sunday in Ordinary Time, is a perfect match for Father's Day. But we'll get back to that a little later. If you know me at all, or even if we're just meeting for the first time, you'll soon discover I can't get five minutes into any conversation without bragging about our daughter, Maya. I am indeed the president of the Society for Unabashedly Proud Dads. And I continue to hold that title, even as my wife, Anne, and I find ourselves to be the parents of, gasp, an adult child. Of course, we saw this coming, but it's still a shocker. Our daughter, Maya, is now 21 years old and going into her senior year at college. When did this all happen? I know it's cliche to talk about the years flying by when you're raising a child, but they do. And you can take that to the bank. And you might as well, since everything else in the bank will be going towards college tuition. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Ann and I love dreaming about Maya's future, graduation, launching a career, graduate school, creating her own life and family, buying a home, her mom and I moving into her new home for some good old-fashioned intergenerational living. 
Ha, scaring you, aren't I, Maya? All this dreaming, well, it's fun for us, but also not without some anxiety. There's a particular moment in the future that I'm dreading, but I'm sure it's coming my way. Some of you may remember this. Uh, in the 1991 remake of the comedy classic Father of the Bride, Steve Martin's character is not at all pleased with his daughter, Annie, who has just returned from a year of studying abroad and has announced to the family that she is engaged. The Steve Martin character is fuming. As the daughter, Annie, lovingly describes all the great qualities of her fiance, and in her excited desire to win over the family before they meet him, she innocently blurts out a line, I'm sure I'll hear from my daughter someday. You'll love him. He's just like dad, only brilliant. And there you have it, ouch. And as much as I enjoy dreaming and imagining Maya's future, I often find myself looking back and pulling up memories. The milestone moments are easy to remember, like the day we heard from the adoption agency that we have a daughter. And when Maya learned to ride a bike that first day of kindergarten, baptism, first communion, grade school Christmas programs, getting her driver's license, her choral performances, high school graduation, moving her into her dorm at the university. I can remember all of these. But lately, and maybe because she is now an adult, I also find myself trying to recall, usually without success, some last times from her childhood days. What I'm trying so hard to remember are those moments simple, everyday moments from Maya's childhood that have been made especially tender precisely because I didn't know at the time it would be the last time we would do these things together. Like, when exactly was the last time she needed help putting on her shoes? Or when was the last time we played hide-and-seek? Or the board game, Pretty Pretty Princess? Yes, I have played Pretty Pretty Princess, and I have won several times, but we must never speak of this again. Okay. I've tried to remember the last time I carried Maya on my shoulders, or the last time we went to the park and I pushed her on the swings. I don't know when those last times were. I wish I could remember, but I guess that's just the way it is. But I do have special memories of the park and the playground swings. I especially remember wrangling or wiggling Maya into one of those baby swings, then usually standing in front of her, giving her a little push that would launch her on a gentle arc about six or eight feet back. Then I'd do one of those little baby waves and she would swing back. And again, I'd give her a little push and send her on her way. And maybe as she was swinging back, I'd lean in a bit and let her foot brush my chin. And then with great drama, throw my head back and do one of those, oh, you got me things. And that would always be followed by silly giggles, sometimes even from Maya. <laughs> After a while, I moved to the back of the swing so she could see more of the park and the world of kids as I launched her forward on a forward arc and waited for her return. Back and forth, away you go, and I'll be there when the swing brings you back. Back and forth, away you go, and I'll be there when the swing brings you back. 
As expected, at some point, Maya moved on to the big kid swings. But still, for a time, I'd stand behind her and give her a push and wait for her to come back. Back and forth, back and forth, away you go, and I'll be there when the swing brings you back. Eventually, the arc of that swing grew longer and longer, and the day came when she learned how to manage and pump the swings on her own. I've tried hard to remember that last push on the swings. I wish I had known it would be the last time. It would be a sweet memory. But as it turns out, it's more than that. I think I learned something from those playground swings. A small lesson, maybe, but one that has stayed with me. What I've learned from the playground swings is there, it's, there is something about fatherhood that is all about launching children toward new horizons, sending them into their ever-expanding world of new adventures, nudging them into the chaotic, exciting, unpredictable, wondrous, and sacred experience of life. And then just being there when the arc of life, the arc of circumstances, the arc of success or disappointment or joy brings them around again, and they just need someone to be there. So back and forth, away you go, and I'll be there when the swing brings you back. Quietly evolves into back and forth, away you go, and I'll be there when life brings you back. The playground swing is gone, but I guess that rhythm still remains. It's a small lesson, simple as a swing. But as I've witnessed other fathers do this kind of thing, including my own father and father-in-law, I've come to appreciate it as loving work, holy work, and a great blessing in my life. Before I finish preparing my notes for today, I began to wonder, maybe this playground swing business might apply to something more. I wondered if this might also be the way it is with God and the church. Our church has been around for over 2,000 years, but maybe we're still in the baby swing. And maybe the Spirit continues to call women and men to gently push the swing, moving us forward so that we can expand our boundaries, widen our vision, and send us into a future marked by Hey, remember that language from our old St. Pat's vision statement? Radical inclusivity, exquisite worship, and transformative kinship. And if that's the case, let's not let this day pass without remembering all those women and men who gently move us closer to God's dream for our world. But especially, let's remember Father Tom Hurley, who with great sensitivity and wisdom blended the prophetic and the pastoral into his time with us at Old St. Pat's, pushing that swing forward by calling our community to a new vision of church, and then being so available, so ready, so present to compassionately care for us when we were hurting and to celebrate with us all the moments of joy and wonder. May God bless Father Tom and the path before him. Now let's get back to today's gospel and why it's the perfect passage for Father's Day. In today's gospel, Jesus does something incredibly awesome. The last verse says it explicitly. The disciples were filled with great awe. What has he done? Well, the passage tells us 
that after preaching parables to the people gathered along the seashore, Jesus decides to get into a boat and cross over to the other side with his disciples. While at sea, a violent squall comes up. Waves are breaking over the boat. The disciples are in full panic mode. But with a word, Jesus rebukes the wind and quiets the sea. All returns to calm. Scripture scholars would no doubt say, I'm missing the point. But to my mind, here's the good part, especially for dads like me. Before any of this happens, before Jesus does this awesome thing of calming the storm, what's he doing? He's taking a nap. It's right there in verse 38. Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. There we have it, biblical affirmation for the practice of taking a nap. See, it is the perfect gospel for Father's Day. So fellow dads, remember that before you might be called upon to do something awesome, or I might add, not so awesome, consider following the lead of Jesus. Whether it be on a cushion in the stern of a boat, a couch in the living room, a hammock on the patio, or in the somewhat judgmentally named Lazy Boy Recliner. <laughs> Relax in the moment. Dream of your children's futures. Remember the tender moments that have passed and enjoy a nap. Happy Father's Day. now for announcements and events. We are so excited that we're able to safely get together in person again. We have missed you so much. So please save the date for these upcoming in-person events. On July 18th, join us for music, food, and fun at our welcome back Brunch on the Block. The brunch will take place from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Sunday, July 18th, directly following the 10 a.m. Mass. Then cruise with Encore on Sunday, September 12th. Aboard the boat, you'll get the best overview of Chicago's architecture and its history with your old St. Pat's friends. For all the details and to register, visit bit.ly slash Encore River Cruise. And on October 22nd, the Emerald Ball is back. Mark your calendars now because you won't want to miss this evening of dinner and dancing. More details will be posted at oldstpats.org shortly. Thank you for listening to today's episode. The reflection was originally given at the live stream mass on Sunday, June 20th, 2021 by Bob Kolatorowitz. For more information about all resources available, visit our website at oldstpats.org. To stay up to date with new episodes, please follow us on the Old St. Pats app, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Find us on Twitter at Old St. Pats and on Instagram at Old St. Pats Chicago. You've been listening to the Old St. Pat's Podcast. <laughs>